hello 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 and welcome back to the comedy podcast where we talk about your favorite movies music tv shows and more i'm tori i'm Marin. i'm mia and i'm decoria and today is a well when you listen to this it'll be a lovely saturday but when we're recording it it's a wednesday um i don't know did it rain today i honestly don't know i have lost track of the days it was colder um, today though <laughs> i felt it was hot weather today yeah. Y'all, in my area so it rained like it rained like whew, that who was bad this morning it was real oh, bad actually wow. yeah it did rain this morning but it stopped like midday mm-hmm. yeah 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 well, sweater weather is upon us, and even Good, though it's I'm the fall, eyes. <laughs> sweater weather. I know I might dress up for Halloween this year, but um, I am. I'm dressing as Chucky because I have red hair. Ooh. Now. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> we love that. I think I'm gonna do a dragon queen type of thing. I have these Ooh. things on Etsy that I have saved, but I don't know if I have the makeup skills to pull it off. We'll 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 see what happens. Um, but yeah, even though the fall our favorite girl is upon us the sun is still out so still put on sunscreen um we're still in the middle of a pandemic so still wear your mask um don't be dehydrated drink that water don't i mean i'm when i say drink water i mean it you don't have to drink eight bottles a day but you should be drinking water and not just coffee or soda or energy drinks (laughs) um but yes, this is going to be the first installment in, I don't know what we're calling this corner yet. Uh, I think Marion said this is your black films, this black market. nostalgia. Maybe that's <laughs> what we'll call it, black nostalgia, like a collective. Oh yeah, that's Black good. nostalgia, um, where we watch uh, iconic black films and they can tell you why they shouldn't be iconic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> This is technically the second movie we watched because we did watch what the hell was that movie we watched on vacation? Soul Food. Oh, Soul Food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did a recorded episode on that. The reactions were hilarious. The reactions for this was hilarious as well. But um, today we are doing the 1993 Black American romantic trauma film, <laughs> Poetic Justice. Now. <laughs> Let's begin with, um, have you heard of Poetic Justice? Have you seen the movie before we watched it together? Let's start off with Marion. No, I never did not hear of the movie and had never seen it before. Okay. Uh, what about you, Corey? Yeah, I definitely saw this movie when I was a child. Um, everybody a knows child. Poetic Justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It used to, they used to play this on like BT and all the other, what's the other black network? Um, uh, TV One. Yeah, TV yes. One, that one as well. Mm-hmm. Then you have Poetic Justice Braids, which everybody knows what those are. Yes. And then Kendrick Lamar has a song called Poetic Justice. So. Right. <laughs> which right. samples right. Janet Jackson, I think. Okay. Pretty okay, sure it cool. Does. What about you, Nia? Uh, I heard of this movie. Um, I have like my parents have obviously seen it so like it's like one of those famous ones i I know the braids as well like and i know the style like the outfit Mm. that janet wears in this movie um i feel like everyone like has seen the pictures and the memes of this Mm -hmm. but like the cousin meme and the janet in the car like frowning at tupac like i've seen those on twitter but other than that no i had not seen this movie before what about you tori I've always heard of Poetic Justice. I've always seen the scene screenshots. Um, I don't know. My mother wasn't really into a lot of black film like that. Like I grew up with a lot of black music more than I did film and television, especially since most of it involved cussing and sex and violence and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'd always seen the Poetic Justice Braves, knew that Janet and Tupac were in it, but that was it. That was it. So... Um, before we continue to rag on this movie and get into the, you know, the good, good, I just want y'all to guess how much movie this, let's do opening weekend. How much money do y'all think this movie made? Because Janet Jackson was in it, I would mm-hmm. say maybe like $85 million. Mm. I have mm. absolutely no clue what is an average number, so I'm going to go with six. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> And I don't even know because the '90s, like black movies, made money, but they weren't like making uh-huh. like Black Panther money, obviously. Right. Um, so I'd say twenty million. 
Okay, y'all are giving me 2010 numbers. <laughs> y'all are giving me Avengers movies numbers. Opening weekend, it grossed 11 million. Um, 11.7 oh, wow. on box office weekend. Eventually, okay. it grossed a total of 27. The budget was 14 million. Um, it was, you know, the critical. Rec- I guess we'll get to the critical reviews last. What I'm trying to. What about it cost them much money? <laughs> right, no, Decoria. I was like, <laughs> twelve million for what? For At least seven million like- was all of the cameos. No, that's everybody what mama was in this Oh movie. yeah, Tone Loaf was no. in there. And then they yeah. had to pay Janet and Tupac, of course. Then they had to pay right. yeah Maya Angelou for writing the poetry. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my, you know Maya Angelou was like, "You're gonna pay me." And right. Tupac was probably like that was when he was at his peak, so he's yeah. like, "Pay me." And same for Janet. Mm-hmm. When was this movie made? Nineteen ninety three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it ranked twentieth of the year of nineteen ninety three openings and twenty first for the highest R rated movies in nineteen ninety three. You know, we'll get to critical reception in a moment because I found a Rolling Stones article that I just have to read some of it. Why together. do I feel like? I'm 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 kind of confused about the R rating because I feel like I've seen worse movies that are PG thirteen now. Maybe it was I like mean, a time difference thing. Yeah. Like, I definitely think it's a time difference thing. It was the okay, 90s. Like, seeing what? black people being unapologetically black and cussing was probably yeah probably the cussing. Oh yeah, they yeah. dropped the f bomb quite a lot. They dropped <laughs> so. it too many times. <laughs> so let's just start breaking down this film. I didn't okay expectations what were your expectations I had zero I mean I was just like it's a black film it's gonna be probably a little problematic um but I was expecting you know a little bit of a coherent plot you know some good acting things a good crying a good screen you know things that you know give you um usually black made American movies especially from the 90s what about y'all um I was expecting it to be at least be cute and it was not. <laughs> Same <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. You yeah, already mm. saw the movie, so I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, but I thought it was going to be like, because I've seen Love and Basketball like five times. So I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be similar, like very like cutesy kind of rom com And it really wasn't at all. It's, if I had to give this show a movie a tagline, it would be the definition of a toxic beginning. Like You know what? <laughs> I think this mo- movie it will be it's cute to women who are into hood dudes. Ooh, facts. Cuz I don't wow. think any of us are like particularly attracted to men like that. So that's probably the reason why we didn't think it would be like a rom- like we didn't find it to be a rom-com, but I feel like mm-hmm. for women who are really into hood dudes, they probably thought this was like, mm-hmm. a cute movie like isn't baby boy kind of similar yeah yeah (laughs) baby boy is this is the child of this movie yeah fun fact the plot of the movie is based on tupac's brief romance with Anne marie rose now Anne marie adams with whom he struck up a relationship in between takes on the set of the film juice which he starred in adams was an aspiring poet who frequented the brooklyn moon cafe and was a student of brooklyn college known for her trademark braids that's weird. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, didn't know Janet Jackson and Q-Tip were exes. What? What? Not... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So I um, think I'm pretty sure that I just saw this in an article. Yeah. So Q-Tip. I, what's wild well to me? Like, I don't mean like I just have to say this. How did Janet sign on to do this? <laughs> Janet the Jackson, the Janet Jackson. Like she could have done a bodyguard level movie. She could have done like anything but she chose this it's mm. i don't get it like i'm so, not understanding the, it's a rumor that janet jackson and qt hooked up or they had a thing or a fling or whatever but he plays markel her boyfriend that gets shot at the beginning of oh wow movie. and that also leads I, into the the was janet jackson did she act before this? Because that could have been why. Like, it may have been, like, a very early role for her. Plus, John Singleton made the movie. So. <laughs> no, but mm. she acted in good times as a kid. Mm. Oh, yeah. She She's... was Penny, I think. She was oh, a child. I forgot and she who was... her fucking father she was, like, was a for a second. <laughs> yeah, um, no, Janet acted, but I'm like, where, what, who, who, why? 
Right. Why would you ever? Yeah, Boys in the Hood is. I mean, she was in Boys in the Hood. I'm looking at the. Oh, I'm looking at John Singleton's thing. I was like, what the hell? Jenna uh-huh. was not in that. But <laughs> right? I think Justice is her first film. That's see. That's what I was thinking. That makes sense now. Before that. That makes sense now that she was in this movie. That's like how uh, Beyonce did that hip hop movie because like her first movie, even though it was trash. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the recap. So, the plot of this movie it starts off with a a young Justice and her boyfriend sitting in a car um, at a drive-in theater. Well, actually, no. It starts off with a very weird scene of a movie. That we don't know it's a movie until it pans out. That was weird. I don't know what that was. But it starts... So they're watching this movie at a drive-in. You know, they're talking. They're chilling. Um, You know, Markel's talking about how he's been in jail and how, you know, he loves her. He's trying to, you know, make some moves, but she's not really into it. And he tells her... She tells him to go get her some jujubes, which I still don't know what the fuck that is. (laughs) Right? Do not understand. Jujubees and some popcorn. And he's like, all right, cool. He gets out the car. He walks to the stand. And he sees two dudes playing um, a video game. And they see him. He's like, ain't that fool, ain't that that fool Markel who was talking shit? And we're like, oh, no. Something's about to go down. Because, you know, what's a black movie without, you know, you know somebody dying um, in it? So uh, he... They, 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 the guys just like, yeah, that's him. He's like, no, that ain't him. Yeah, that's him. They said that like ten times. That was the only dialogue they had for the entire movie, <laughs> right? Um, and so Markel, you know, he's he's looking at them in the in the stainless steel hood of the um above the counter where he's at. He's like, we see him being nervous. I'm like, oh, of course, something's about to go down. He gets back to the car. Janet's in the back seat. They're finna get it on. She's about to kiss him. All of a sudden, it cuts to a gun. Bop, boof, bam, boom. Markel is dead. And here comes the title of the movie. <laughs> I think that was like the, the... We had music coming in the background. We had like a little title track. And so... um, Then it switches to... If I'm not mistaken. No, we're still on Justice. Um, we're still on Justice. I think we're watching her get ready for work. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it is. Or she's already at the hair salon or, like, getting ready to go. Uh-huh. So she's working at the hair salon, and then Lucky pulls up. I feel like we saw Lucky before that. Was that not? I feel like we saw Lucky before Did that. Did we? Mm. We may have. Where were they were? Where he was, like, going to get mm-hmm. his, like, going to see his kid I first. feel like we saw her at work first, and then it cut to yeah. Lucky being, like, in his postal gear, like, yeah. delivering mail and stuff mm-hmm. and working. And then it cut right. back to her mm-hmm. later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, she was working at the hair salon. We see she's a, she's a braider. She does braids. She has braids in her hair. She's wearing dark clothes. I think that's where we first meet her boss. And her boss is, um... Her boss is, you know, talking about how she's wearing all black and I can't believe you're still mourning. You just need to go get a new man. And I'm saying, like, what? How much time has passed? Please tell me how much right. time has passed. And why are y'all so quick to have this black woman to get over the mourning of her first love, her boyfriend, who was shot in front of her? It would not surprise me if the woman had undiagnosed PTSD. Because what in the world? Are y'all talking about you just need to, you know, get you a new man and move on? And I'm sitting here like, excuse me? Excuse me? I feel like if we looked at this in a deeper meeting, I feel like the generational trauma of black women collectively um, supposedly being able to get over death quickly is a result of slavery or like the detachment from black men because of how short their lives were mm-hmm. is a sort of generational mm-hmm. trauma and it kind of plucked itself up in that movie with that whole thing where she's just like you need to stop wearing black you need to stop being in mourning you're not you know giving time for yourself to like fully get over this and so like i felt like the movie was trying to speak about grief but it did it in a completely wrong way um it's very weird it's very weird nuance because who are y'all to tell her how long she is allowed to mourn <laughs> like talking about you need to do your hair my hair is done what do you what do you mean it's in braids <laughs> yeah, i have hilarious. box braids 
<laughs> no, because Justice took off her hat talking about, don't you take off my hat? I need to do my hair. And Mary goes, her hair, what? What new growth? <laughs> no new growth. Look like she just did it three days ago. I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, so we do that and then we get to see Lucky being a postman. Um, Lucky's a postman. He, you know, he telling his boss he doesn't want to go deliver on the street no more because that lady got out her dogs. There's this really um, dumb as xenophobic plot where he's talking to a Hispanic speaking worker and they're like going back and forth throwing stereotypes at each other and then making fun of him from like coming over the border and shit and I was like where was the humor where was I supposed to laugh because it wasn't funny that's gotta be some 90s because like y'all not funny at all not one time did I smirk in that entire scene and I swear every other word that um, Tupac said in this movie was these bitches if you want a drinking oh game, yeah. please watch this and just drink every time she says bitches are hoes mm-hmm. or calls women anything but women. I promise you, your ass will be drunk yeah. by the 20 minute mark. <laughs> After a while, you're just kind of like, this is just so much cursing. Like, it's, yes. it's every line. Yes. Even if you listen to this podcast and I do curse, I do cuss a lot, but like, I don't cuss that much. Like, his vocabulary being that small says a lot about the writing to me for this this character so lucky is you know that scene is over we get to meet um chicago who is his best friend and they talking about um you know how he got a girl and they just all this bragging stuff so lucky um then goes to see his daughter keisha now um well first he goes to meet keisha's mama's boyfriend who is the 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 weed man i'm guessing that's what he was peddling <laughs> um <laughs> he's the weed man and so they're just talking they're just shooting the shot um talking about how he want to go see his daughter it was this was one of probably the cutest things to me before it it continued into the apartment like when they were talking outside and um the boyfriend goes you know um um she, you know, Keisha's calling me daddy. He's like, oh man, she ain't calling you daddy. I was like, oh, this is cute. She's got two dads. We love that for her, right? And so then yeah. <laughs> they go into the apartment. You see them interact some more. Um, you know, uh, Lucky's talking about like how he doesn't. He what did he call the mama? Young tramp or something like that? A yamp. A yamp. A stupid, very uncatchphrase word. Never I don't heard know what that, that term was. before at all. <laughs> Please let me know if that is like a a, a East Coast West thing. Coast. West Coast. West Coast thing. Because like we, I have never heard of that term in my entire life. <laughs> and so he's talking. Um, the wee man gets called outside. You know, people keep giving him change instead of cash because you know they're probably homeless and shouldn't be buying drugs for him anyway. Um, but he sees a crack pipe on the table is what I'm assuming that was. And he storms into the baby mama's room to find her finna do it with some random dude. And so lucky rightfully. So I guess gets mad and pissed off about her having a man in the house when the kids are in the house. He's like, how are you going to do that when my daughter's here? You nothing but a two piece, you know, tramp whore calling her all names. Jesus Christ. Calling her all names, the man that she was with gets upset, starts pushing him, and so then the boyfriend and Lucky both jump the man in the apartment in front of the kids. And I just kept saying, y'all, it's too small in here. Y'all could have jumped him outside. I don't understand (laughs) why we're jumping him in the apartment, breaking everything. And so then he brings um, Keisha, his daughter, back to his mother. Um... Back to his mother, and his mom was like, are you going to raise her? Because I'm not. And I was just like, okay, this is a little progressive um, compared to the rest of the film. Because also, everybody in their mama's in this film. Like, every other person on this film is a celebrity. And I'm just like, I see where that $14 million budget went to. Because when I tell you the rest of the <laughs> right, <laughs> y'all are going to be like, what? Yeah, because Lucky's mother is Jennifer Lewis. And I was like, what is she? She had like four lines. How much money did y'all pay her to have like four lines? <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, Lucky says he's going to do it. But there's this whole notion about how Lucky being a postman is a bad job. 
and I don't understand that. Please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I know postal people can be paid way more than they are, but isn't that a pretty decent job, especially in the 90s? Like, I'm not sure if maybe they made less back then. I know now postal workers make a decent, like, an okay amount of money, but maybe mm-hmm. back then they didn't make a lot, or maybe in California they didn't. I don't know. I mean, well, I that's a federal job, so. Right. Don't you get, like, benefits by law and stuff like that? Like, yeah. I'm so, not yeah, sure. and aren't you union too? Yeah, I think you're like automatically union and stuff like that. Please, we don't know anything about the postal system, so please let us know if we're wrong about that. But there's like this whole notion about he ain't got no money, he ain't um he just a postal worker. And I'm saying that's a that's a certified, bona fide security job. Why are y'all out here acting like this man is? selling dope on the streets because he's not would that be better but i guess it's also you know comes back to what Corey was talking about like um this is supposed to be like the charm of you know a hood man and i'm just like yeah like a hood dude meets a somewhat suburban girl type movie yeah and i'm just sitting here like but he got a stable job but of course lucky has a desire to you know go to oakland and make music and that's what he's really talking about so then we finally get lucky and justice meet lucky comes to deliver stuff at uh justice's where justice's works at the hair salon he said y'all don't got nothing but bills he talked about how cute she is how fine she is all this other stuff and she makes a very crass lesbian joke about her punani (laughs) every time she said that word i was just like me, what yeah. was the vibes of the scene supposed to be because she so, was whispering <laughs> yeah she was like come here close let me spell you you i'll let you smell my punani and so he leans in and she calls her boss over and she's like he wants to smell my punani and i'm just sitting here like what is happening like i didn't even get that it was a lesbian right, joke who wrote this? <laughs> like, until <laughs> you could tell it was a man you could tell it was a man oh definitely <laughs> And so the, the boss opens her mouth and breathes in his face. He's like, he's all of a sudden calling her, you know, a bitch or a hoe or like, I don't know. He's just mad about it and he leaves and walks out. And um, so we find out that the salon is preparing to go to a uh, hair show in Oakland. And so everybody's going to get ready. And so we get to go to Justice. And so we get to see Justice at home the night before preparing. And this is like when we first hear her poetry. This is like the second time we heard poetry. We've heard her poetry before. And this poetry is written by Maya Angelou, which explains the the vast tone between the poetry and the dialogue of the script. You can tell they were not written <laughs> right. by the same people. <laughs> Listen, they should honestly, they should have just had Maya Angelou write this movie because I know this movie would have been profound. Probably would have been she a lot more complex, I feel like. It would have been a lot more complex. Well, I, there's some stuff that I found out about behind the scenes where I was just like, oh, it's just giving off very much typical black lady and my, like, we'll get mm. to it, we'll get to it. So, we're getting prepared for Oakland. Going to the hair show. Come to find out that, um, come to find out that Chicago, Lucky's co-worker and friend, is dating Aisha, Justice's friend, who goes to the hair salon. She mentions to her, well, you know, my man is going to Oakland. They do these run trips in this truck, so why don't you just come with us? And rightfully so, Justice is like, I don't think so. <laughs> why would I do that? Um, I'll just, you know drive there myself and so we get to see justice at her home you can tell that she's kind of like um she's just you know a girl who's living by herself there's clothes everywhere there's music playing um she's wearing all black again you can tell that she's not done mourning the loss of her first love all that good stuff and so she goes into a car the morning that she's supposed to go she has cats which is really nice i don't see a lot of the black people with cats in films and i just think that was kind of interesting um, but you know, she feeds her cats. Um, she gets in her car to, you know, drive to Oakland. Car's not working. So she calls Aisha and Aisha swings by to pick her up. And lo and behold, guess who's driving the truck? Lucky. Oh my god, what a coincidence. We never saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> and so they get in a truck. Um, Justice is minding her business, keeping her peace, got her glasses on. First of all, Janet's looks in the movie, all of them. Muchas gracias. I She only had a few of them because half of the movie was like one day of them driving on the road. One day? <laughs> yeah, literally. 
It's literally a day. It's literally a whole day of them driving on the road. But she was looking muchas gracias. It was giving me a little alt 90s vibes and I loved it. And so they get in a truck, um, Chicago Wait. and Aisha. Never was somebody gonna say something? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> so Chicago and Aisha are in the back, you know, just laying on sacks of mail while Lucky is in the front seat and so is Justice in the passenger seat. She's keeping it quiet, keeping it Gucci. We get to see a little bit of how Aisha and Chicago are a couple and anything like that. They're kind of cute or whatever. And so um, then Lucky says, oh, you kind of quiet. She's like, I ain't got nothing to say. And so he's like, oh, so you think you're better than me? Projecting. <laughs> Projecting. And so when she doesn't respond to him, he proceeds to call her a bitch. And she says, excuse me? You know, I'm a black woman. Have some respect. I'm not a bitch. And he gets, oh, now you want to talk to me. This This is the one of like a five other fight scenes, arguments that are going to happen in this film. (laughs) It's so tiring to watch. The film was too long for no reason. 109 minutes of nothing but arguing. But, you know, and, you know, Justice gets rightfully mad. And Lucky's talking about, oh, you just crazy. Oh, you just think you were above people. All nonsense right and so justice is like get out i'm on she's the pullover get out i'm not about to ride in this car with you okay cool she gets out the car lucky you know happily pulls over and drives off and then aisha is like oakland come get your friend or not oakland chicago come get your friend he left <laughs> aisha in the middle of the desert i'm not about to leave her out here okay best friend we love we love best friends who look out for each other and so Lucky's complaining how about how stuck up Justice is and all this stupid stuff. And so, but Aisha and Chicago talk him to turn uh, back around and um, get to, get um, Justice back in the truck. Justice gets back in the truck. She don't want to talk to him. She don't want to see him, period. And so then they keep driving down the road. And I think the first stop is at a gas station, right? They go to a gas station. Mm-hmm. Aisha gets some liquor. They don't have no E40s. Um, so she gets uh, Chicago a beer. They get out the car. Lucky is talking shit about Aisha, talking about how um, she's nothing but a gold digger. He's basically calling him a simp for, you know, spending money on the woman he's dating. Which makes <laughs> zero sense. Okay. Zero sense. Basically calling him a simp or whatever. Um, they out there chucking and jiving. Aisha and uh, Justice are in the store. They get snacks. They get drinks. They get water guns. And then they come out and, you know, they're shooting water guns at each other. And then Aisha shoots the water gun in Chicago. And they get back in their truck. And they keep driving. And now, suddenly, Justice is writing poetry. And Lucky was like, oh, what you writing? Oh, I read poetry. And now, suddenly, they have this connection through, like, art and music out of nowhere after he disrespected her severely um all of a sudden they they start to smell some good things they smell good food and so they pull over at some random family's family reunion (laughs) to go get a plate now listen if this was something i would do with friends if this i would never do it but i would just sneak in and go get my plate and then leave these folks right they mingle they They said we're here we might as well make ourselves at home right so they were just like you know what we already here we might as well enjoy the day like y'all ain't got places to be don't you just have to get to a hair show anyway they hop into this family reunion they mingle they be like oh cousin cousin this is my cousin and you know they married and all this stuff and maya angelou's cameo comes up now um Lo and behold, this was actually all improv. Um, I read an article about how Singleton didn't didn't think he could write speech for Maya that would actually fit into the movie, mm. and so he would just let her talk for like how like four takes. And after four takes, she looked at him and she said, "I'm not going to do any more improv." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Sounds about <laughs> Doctor Angelou. Sounds about right. Sounds about right." Um, but of course, the dialogue in which these three black women are looking at Aisha and at Chicago was very demeaning and very undermining. Um, she's like, you don't know what love is. What is love? And I'm just like, babe, we just 
met you. So who are you? This, I mean, but it's not uncommon for older black women to overstep boundaries like that. So, um, they're at this family reunion. Um, for some reason now, Lucky and Justice are on talking terms, almost even flirting terms. That comes out of like nowhere. It's like when did their relationship? A relationship a situationship that's what we're calling this a situationship get this far where they're talking you know amicably like that man didn't even apologize for you know just disrespecting her or whatever um so at this uh family reunion Aisha's very much drunk very much tipsy girl it's not in her right mind um, and she decides to flirt with somebody else at the family reunion in Chicago. She just gets mad. They start fighting. Lucky's like, oh, um, we got to go now before, you know, people, uh, girl, uh, get to see, um, you know, us out here making a mess. Well, well first, Justice goes over to her. You shouldn't ask her, are you crazy? What are you doing? And at first, when she did that, I was like, yeah, girl, if we're going to be out here in the middle of nowhere with these two men in a van, I don't need you to ruin our chances of getting home or, you know, better yet, putting us in danger by you <laughs> out here flirting with other men. That's what I thought it was coming off as at first for Justice. I don't know what it was supposed to come as off as for the movie but um so they fought of course chicago and aisha fight um you know justice justice but justice talks aisha but like girl you are having problems you're not in your right mind you should not be drinking when she threw that bottle on the ground i was like how many takes did that take because jenny did not flinch when that <laughs> bottle hit the ground i was like dang <laughs> She threw the butt on the ground. And so, you know, Aisha throws up. She apologizes to Justice, to Chicago. So, next we go to this, um, what was it? African Heritage Carnival. I don't know why y'all make us so many Very, stops. Listen. <laughs> and also, like, the fact that, like, you could tell it's the 90s because they were, everyone in the 90s was like, oh, we're so Afrocentric. Mm, we're so <laughs> motherland this, motherland that. So you're not even going to specify like which country. Which country? It's just, no, general Africa. And they were just like, and they kept having like the whatever pro-black overlay that was of um, black people don't want a revolution or some stuff like that. I was like, what nuanced (laughs) take was that supposed to be? So they get to this um, carnival. Lucky and Justice grow closer. They start discussing their lives. Um... They discuss discussing their lives and things like that. It's supposed to be a really cute scene, and I'm just sitting here like, I don't understand how we got here. I don't understand how much time has passed. <laughs> I swear to God, we were driving to Oakland to get to a hair show, and nothing's making sense. So, um, then we get to a beach. They're at a beach, and we get to hear the internal dialogues, uh, monologues of everybody. And um, I think this is the part where Justice goes like he's kind of cute, but he just looks like the type to have a kid or something like that. Yeah. Um, Aisha says that she's gonna break up with Chicago before they get back. Chicago says after this trip he's done with Aisha. And we're like, okay, we've reached the a, a, we're heading towards the climax of the story, of course. So everybody get back, gets back in the truck. Justice is in the passenger seat. Lucky is driving. Chicago and Aisha in the back and I don't know who initiates it but the two decide that they're going to have coipus copus in the back in this mail truck are you trying to say coitus coitus coitus, whatever the hell the word is copus coitus (laughs) they decide that they're going to do it in the back of this mail truck while both of their friends are in the front seat Aisha had already complained about that you know Chicago was a two-minute man and we get to see that he was a two-minute man and he gets upset and she gets upset and they start arguing and so Lucky pulls the truck over there they're arguing outside the truck um you know just speaking all of their inner thoughts all that good stuff and the demeanor of Chicago changes and he slaps Aisha across her face. And Justice in the pastor seat watching this is like, what the fuck? Get your friend. And Lucky says, that ain't none of my business. 
and then Chicago slaps Aisha again, and Justice gets out the car and kicks the man in the balls. And so when Chicago turns his rage at Justice, then Lucky gets out of the car and kicks Chicago's butt. The girls hop back in the van. Lucky hops back in the van. They drive off, leaving Chicago in the middle of a dirt road. If that wasn't a flag that Lucky was trash, I don't know. <laughs> Literally. Like, he won't, like... He won't protect... He only cares for women he wants yeah. to be right. with. He, he won't protect... He doesn't think anybody who it's isn't crazy. attractive to him is actual worth protecting. And that's It's either volumes. that or in his mind, it's like, oh, my friend and his girl are having problems, so let them handle it. But I feel like if I were a guy... And my male friend, I saw him hit his girlfriend. I immediately, I was stepping. Yeah. Um, I, like, but that's I, you. Even, that's yeah. you. Like, Most men, like, I don't think, would. No, I don't feel. I don't think that's true. Because I have, like, I I don't know. I've been around a lot of, like, men in my life who, like, if there was, like, an argument between, like, a guy and a girl, the guy would step and be like, yo, like, what are you doing? Why are you fighting with women? That type of deal. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know that that whole scene was very weird, and it then was, like it, like I don't the kind of message it gives off too, because like he slapped her right after she said that she was cheating on him. And I feel like it gives off the message that, that like she oh, deserved it. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was unnecessary violence towards a black woman for no reason because they could have just argued and it could have been that. But you know, Chicago had to lay his hands on her, and I guess it's supposed to be like the point of lucky it had to give lucky an excuse to leave chicago behind anyway so you know justice is comforting aisha in the back of the mail truck they finally get to oakland they're pulling up to lucky's cousin's place now lucky has been talking about his cousin all the time and how much he admires him for making his music and doing that music thing because you know lucky wants to be a musician so bad which i think is always hilarious when they put established artist as struggling artists in movies like <laughs> right Tupac to say, Shakur like, he wants to be a musician. <laughs> like Tupac Shakur doesn't have a huge ass legacy <laughs> and he's just sitting there like man I want to do this music thing so bad and I'm just like Tupac please <laughs> you just sold 10 million records <laughs> Mr. Shakur okay so they're pulling up to Lucky's place there's sirens there's tape um, Lucky gets out of the car. He goes to his house. His cousin's not there. He goes towards the crowd in the ambulance and he sees his cousin has been shot. You know, and Lucky's breaking down. He's not okay. So then he goes to drop Aisha and Justice off at the motel where the salon is. And, you know, he's freaking out. Justice tries to comfort him. Oh, this is after they kissed on the beach. Let me bring that back. They kissed on the beach lucky injustice it was weird <laughs> it was this like weird kind of like supposed to be a teenage i don't know it gave up like i don't know what it was supposed to give but they kissed on the beach and so justice is comforting um lucky when he drops them off and he tells her don't touch me i wouldn't if i hadn't been late this would have never happened like she's the one who decided for y'all to go to a family reunion and a carnival and a beach. Them was decisions that was made by the group. <laughs> I don't know why he was um, blaming Justice or whatever. And so her manager sees that. And um, she's like, oh, so you finally done got you some or why are you sleeping with that bum or something like that? They have words. Um, the night ends. And well, we see Lucky go back to we see Lucky go back to uh his cousin's place and look at it, all his music equipment and he's sad or whatever. And so the next day they go to the hair show. Very underwhelming. I don't know what y'all do out there in the the West Coast, but as a <laughs> Southern Atlanta girl, I was looking forward to the hair show. I was no, so because like literally, I was like, um, Browner Brothers, not like we've seen that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is not giving at all. Like it was regular hairstyles, like really right. regular hairstyles, very much regular. And so then Lucky says to his cousin's mama, his aunt, "I want to take my cousin's um music equipment with me." 
I want to do what he couldn't do. I want to make music. And Corey made the very, very point, poignant point that the family probably could have used that stuff for funeral expenses. Because funerals are very expensive. Yeah, that's originally, like, they wanted to sell that first, right? Right. When he spoke up. Yeah. So, they give him the recording equipment. Lucky and Justice separately go back to um, L.A., and uh, he goes to take care of Keisha's daughter. Well, Justice also finds out that he has a daughter. I think he told her before they pulled up to the crime scene mm-hmm. where um, his cousin's house. So I guess several months later, Lucky meets up with Justice. Again, at the hair salon, he brings in Keisha. He says he's sorry about what happened in Oakland. Um, and, you know, he smiles. They kiss she turns her attention to Keisha because she suddenly has this maternal instinct to do her hair. Um, and then the movie ends. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Not finally for you. Finally when I was watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, thoughts and feelings once the movie ended, Marin. Oh, besides finally, um, <laughs> was there anything else? The first hour dragged god (laughs) because the whole point was to establish like something between um justice and lucky and Mm -hmm. i don't know i just felt like that first hour was just not memorable besides her telling him that um he wants to smell her punani and then it went to (laughs) cutting to them um (laughs) went to the to um them in the van together but i thought Mm. in general that the movie was underwhelming is that a word um yeah and it yeah i would probably never watch it again (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep how about you uh nia um pretty much what marin said i was expecting a lot since this movie is like hailed in the black community is like oh you gotta watch this 90s black movie up there because to me soul food is a significantly better movie than this and soul food yeah, is problematic too but it's not this problematic <laughs> yeah right like soul yeah. food at least is interesting the script is doing mm-hmm. something this it's like i feel like i was just watching like it's a road trip movie without any of the good road trip it's just people mm-hmm. being mad yeah. at each other and then all of a sudden you're in love and it's like ah but where was the character development where was yes. the growth it's it, it it feels like someone wrote the script in a day and i'm not trying to be mean rest in peace to john singleton um but it's not it's i wish that like this concept if it was done well could have been a good movie but i don't get the i don't get why people love it so much just very boring to be honest cool um how did you feel watching it the second time Corey? um i don't know i didn't think anything particularly negative towards the movie to me it's just like it was just like watching like a classic hood movie like watching friday or like boys in the hood or something like that so Mm. i can get why people like this movie so much but it i also understand like the criticisms of it too because i kind of agree like the plot was weak the dialogue was also very weak it kind of was just carried by the fact that Tupac and Janet Jackson were like the star in roles. Mm-hmm. I thought Janet's acting was very bad. Like they gave her gum <laughs> to make her seem more oh like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like the gum chewing that they, wow, like they literally had her chewing gum in almost every scene. I don't know if that was supposed to get, make her a little more quote unquote urban or something, but and I think her her accent, <laughs> the kind of accent she was trying to do sounded bad to me at least to my ears like the way she was trying yeah, to because Janet yeah, the way not she was talk, like talk I was like you could just tell that she doesn't talk like that at all but yeah that's it was okay what about you yeah. Tori <laughs> I don't I wasn't disappointed I didn't have any expectations but <laughs> I I don't I wanted something I wanted something and this plot just had nothing it was the dialogue after dialogue was just gross most yeah. of it was just cussing. It's just like, how do you even write that much cussing <laughs> in a script? I don't even understand that. Um, I felt like Justice, it was a waste of a character. Mm-hmm. Justice seemed like a very good character. Like, you could have done, like, grieving in the Black community. Because that's kind of, like, the whole point of her character was that she met Lucky and suddenly she was not grieving about her boyfriend that was shot in front of her anymore. Mm-hmm. 
yeah there was no substance to anything the acting was not good Tupac <laughs> looks great janet looks great the whole cast looks great like the movie the the visuals are a vibe the situations ships of it all were not mm-hmm. and the fact that that was most of the movie i was looking forward to the hair show i think i was more disappointed about that than anything i was like i was um <laughs> reading this article on the atlantic i think and it says that okay so it says that singleton wrote in in his book poetic justice filmmaking south central style singleton wrote mm-hmm. that he asked himself after dealing with the insecurities of black men and boys why not do a movie about a young sister and how all the tribulations of the brothers affect her and in that aspect and especially like it goes on to talk about how it changed about who could be the central character in a movie in the 90s i can see why this movie is very popular but in the aspect of it being a romance nothing about that was good he called her a bitch didn't like her in the beginning uh, talking about how she thinks she's better than everyone and everything and she's still grieving at that moment really and then they kiss at the end like right i don't think if singleton had wanted this to be a look at an insecure black girl or how black men treat her why would she have her the character the female character still end up with lucky I don't. Yeah, the romance Lucky aspect was of not it a good. Is yeah, not, obviously yeah. Lucky was not a good character. That was. So you, Marion, you said it's looking. It's at a waste of Tupac. How the men, how insecure black men, how they affect women. Is yeah. that what it, it goes said? on to say that he attributed that inspiration to this to his observation that some of the most complex, sexy, diverse, three dimensional women I've ever seen in my life all came out of my neighborhood. They all had a certain mold of substance. From this vantage point, Singleton fashioned a black woman rarely seen on screen to sit at the focus of his screenplay. So, um, I mean, take, I guess so. I'm really not, I would have to read more to find out. But I guess, I think what made me understand is this movie wasn't simply about a romance between um, um to a black woman and a black man you know it had deeper meanings and in that aspect i think the movie okay Mm -hmm. i can see why it's liked but for the romance part throw it out when when you said i because i swear earlier you said that he was saying like a quote like and how insecure men affect women or something yeah he said um, that i could how all why not do a movie about a young sister and how all the tribulations of the brothers affect her yeah okay see i can see that now yeah. then like hit like how we kept playing out that he was like projecting on her mm-hmm. and stuff about how he felt about himself mm-hmm. and how because like i think with a lot of even in real life a lot of the time especially when it comes to like quote-unquote bougie type women and like hoodish type dudes mm-hmm. they will project how they think of themselves because of the way society thinks of them yeah. onto the women that they feel like they can't attain and that was kind of like what Tupac's character was attempting yeah. to give in this movie kind of <laughs> he also said that justice was also singleton's way of responding to critiques that he had largely diminished the experience of young black women namely single women single mothers and boys with one-dimensional character characterizations so I guess I can see that in his movie. Justice was supposed to be a little different yeah. from that, in a sense. Because his yeah. movies mm-hmm. are usually about I, I, that men. makes yeah. more sense. Right, men. Yeah, his movies are very men and male centric. So I mean, I'm, I his explanation makes sense, but I feel like for a movie. I mean, it's I get it, and I understand the intent. Truly sometimes, it. yeah, 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 it's like trying to. Yeah, it's like if you wanted to do that, you can do that without trying to slap a rom-com, not a rom-com, it's like a romance Mm -hmm. plot. You can do that without having to put that in there because the man that's is supposed to be projecting off her shouldn't really be the one that she ends up with, you know? Like, that's exactly. If you're critiquing um, how insecure men project onto women and how that affects them, it should have gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like the road trip should have been at the beginning of the movie, the ending should have been at the middle, and then there should have been more. Like yeah. the way he chose to wrap yeah. up the story like that, it's just like, uh. yeah, there should have been more development between Justice and Tupac's character because, like, how their relationship developed is like literally them like 
him finding her because he he saw her way before he thought she was attractive mm-hmm. and then when he actually like spoke to her they had like a conflict um with the punani's whatever that <laughs> scene was and then like they argued again in the car but after that argument like there was no real verbal resolution the only yeah. thing that happened was like they both calmed down and then like when they were together alone they just like oh like fine i'm writing poetry let me tell you about it and then they started talking but there was no like you know there was no acknowledgement of like how he treated her mm-hmm. beforehand and this movie yeah, it was, was sorry oh uh, no I was, just, I was just about to say it's giving very much fairy tale love lines yeah. like how do y'all follow in love or like re- resolve whatever the hell that argument was in what five hours did we google it's like from tumblr that? fanfics like, <laughs> like enemies to lovers that's literally what that is yeah hood dude no tumblr um, fanfic. Wait, you're unlocking a memory it's literally like some hood wattpad romance stories you know what i'm talking yeah. about Nia? like oh, remember no. those black centric uh books and like romance novels it's literally yes. that it's literally oh that God. and it's not like that's... the movie was too short to be able to do that this it's 109 minutes long what 10 like yeah. 11 minutes short of two hours <laughs> like yeah it's like i i like one thing that's interesting is that i feel like yes for the time there probably wasn't many black yeah. movies that centered mm-hmm. a young black woman like like janet's supposed to be in her mid-20s mm-hmm. right yeah. like she's not a teenager but she's like a mid-20s so it's like i get it that this probably wasn't seen often for like the demographic mm-hmm. But it's like to have, and I and I know Tori, you said you wouldn't have wanted Maya Angelou to write it, but I feel like there needed to be a woman on set, <laughs> there needed to be a female writer, some a black female writer, to on set to like check John Singleton, honestly, because I feel like he was still writing on that no, male lens. That's what it is. Like if you look at his uh filmography, that's how I pronounce it. Of like everything he's done, like Boys in the Hood, Snowfall four brothers two fast superiors like baby boy he also did baby boy so the way this movie oh, is no it makes perfect sense now like now that i'm seeing everything he's done the way this movie turned out it makes sense and like you're yeah. right they, they needed like a woman on set like a woman writer to probably write her character and it yeah. would have probably came out came out better to like yeah well also yeah. like if y'all were gonna to be very honest, if I was going to use Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur in a movie, this was not the movie I would have written for them. It's not, like, all of that star power, I would have done something much more, like, I don't know, fun or dramatic and tantalizing. Like, this was such a a waste of a script. And I'm not... Also not to say that yeah. Janet and T- Tupac were good actors, because they weren't. Nobody was really <laughs> acting in this movie beside like the the, the the side characters. Like Aisha, of course she and put her Regina King. Regina King. Regina King, of course, brought that character to life. Um but everybody else yeah. But do, I, do y'all hate Tupac's acting? I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he was given a really bad script. Oh, I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah. So he did really yeah. well in his other movies especially juice so i think like it's just the script that wasn't that good and yeah. then having to like once yeah. again like love janet she's an icon but she's not a great actress especially in this movie <laughs> now no, her later not. stuff she's a little bit better but she really did terribly in this movie mm. oh yeah she was in tyler perry's um why did i get what's married that one or that something she did in every yeah, That's what I'm she saying. killed she that did, movie. I remember in that theater now, but this I, you can tell it's her first role. Like, yeah. Also, I'm curious now because I'm Tori. You mentioned a hypothetical, like if you were given Tupac Shakur and Janet Jackson as like the leads. I'm now like thinking, what would you do? Like, I mean, what could the alternate universe? To me, if I had Janet Jackson be? and Tupac Shakur at that time when they were that big and that young, I would have done some very much like slow burn romance, like constantly seeing each other. Like, I don't know, maybe do maybe kind of tap into the fact that they're both stars and celebrities and like make fictional characters that are similar to their actual selves. Like Janet being a pop star, or like even mm. switch it up with Janet being like a rapper, and you know Tupac being some kind of like great lyricist, and I would just have it be like music and like you know artistry and something like that. I would have played into all of that because like, you know that's what yeah. people would be thinking when they saw them on screen. 
like oh what happened if they I meet up like, like backstage were, yeah. and stuff like that yeah and then i, I kind of feel like too like if they were gonna play into the bougie girl hood guy trope they should have went all out right they might as well have that was why oh, was yeah. lucky yeah rich right. girl Even poor guy all out because why was lucky a post office worker if you were gonna do that that's what i'm saying he was a, <laughs> like he wasn't like a gangster or anything like that like he literally had a decent job he had like you know some regular everyday life struggles a toxic baby mom toxic relationship stuff but he was like a regular dude pretty much he was actually taking care of his daughter like we don't yeah, know what i'm saying that. like it wasn't anything like Besides the the misogyny, no, there right. wasn't anything that wrong with it. <laughs> the misogyny leaf. So I went and looked up some fun poetic the- justice facts. So we're gonna go look into those real quick. So um, apparently, <laughs> Maya Angelou made Tupac Shakur cry on set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not shocking. Why is that not shocking though? Because <laughs> so during an interview, she's talking about how she had a heart to heart moment with him because she um he was it says i didn't know who he was he was into a big row with another young man so i said to him may i speak to you and he was cursing who she recalled years later and it said when um when was the last she said to him when was the last time anyone told you how important you are did you know people stood on auction blocks and were bought and sold so that you could stay alive today Shakur was so moved by Angelou's words that he started weeping in her arms. It was later that Angelou found finally um, realized just what she had done. I went back to my trailer and Jenna Jackson came running in and said, Dr. Angelou, I don't believe you actually spoke to talk- Tupac Shakur. And I said, darling, I don't know him from Six Pack. I never heard of him. Could you imagine just sitting there? <laughs> I don't know him. Could you just imagine sitting there and Maya Angelou comes up to you and says that? What would what would be the response? Right. Oh, I'd be like, wow, I'm living my life completely like, wrong. Isn't it like a, a known thing that Tupac had like a temper? So I could see him having like an argument with somebody on set and like having a freak out. That was yeah. Just- and you know what's crazy? Wait, 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 wait. I didn't even think about this. Wasn't Janet significantly older than him? Because he was like, he died when he was 27. So this That's movie so had to be done like two years before that. And Janet was already in her 20s so, and the 80s. Justice 1993, Janet Jackson was born in what year? Because uh, this could have been an age gap, like older literally. rich woman, younger poor poor man. Not even a poor, he could have been like, <laughs> like, uh, mm. what is the head drug dealer or something? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, she was born in 1966. So, uh, let's see. She Janet was, was in her 30s. Damn, she wow. Was, good. No, she was 27, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, she was so 27. I don't think okay. they, may, they may not have been like a huge age gap. Because Tupac. Yeah. Okay, she's like five years older than him. So it wouldn't have been a oh, huge okay. age gap. Yeah. Oh, it wow. It still would have been okay. giving vibes. It still would have yeah. been giving vibes. So, it would have um, other stuff. Jada yeah. Pickett Smith uh, auditioned for this role. A lot of black actresses auditioned for this role, and it was though it was always going to be Janet's. I've seen that. Um, so actually, Ice Cube was also offered the role to play Lucky. So that would have been okay. See, okay, let me say this: Ice Cube is a way. Not trying to mm-hmm. say he's better actor, but like over time, Ice Cube has yeah. become a better actor. So, like, I feel like he would have sold this, like, emotion-wise right. a little. But even though the script is still not yeah. going to be the same script, I can see, like, Ice Cube doing more. Does that make sense? Um, not to shade Tupac. I love Tupac. Like, that he's he was very <laughs> good-looking. <laughs> Incredibly fine. But, like, I just, I wish, like, it's a wasted it opportunity. A wasted opportunity. <laughs> so, also, Nia mentioned that... Um, yeah. Janet had made Tupac get an AIDS test. That was actually revealed to be a joke. John Singleton actually revealed that that was just like an inside joke that they had because, you know, everybody was just kind of attracted to Janet and they were just joking. And so Singleton made the joke that, um, I don't know if I should have you kissing my actress until you get the test or whatever. And, um, you know, cause that he said, um, I don't know if I should have him kissing on my actress when you've been effing around because, you know, Pac was just coming and going then. I was like, better yet, 
you're gonna have to do an AIDS test before y'all do this love scene, but it was a joke, you know, so it was just a joke that got turned into Janet, like, being this upstuck person who made Tupac get a test, or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. That's crazy. Of course it would affect her, you know, like, the misogyny, like, <laughs> oh, of course you'd say, oh, Janet's stuck up. It's like, or she, like, it's not even real, but it, oh, you know, if she, well, if it was. Plus it was, like, the early like, 90s, she has the right. didn't know nothing about AIDS right. really. <laughs> so... Right. Right. So also, it said that Singleton said this. It was just me talking shit. Then it was like, oh, we should just use this and put this out. So that's what we did. It was a yeah, it was a publicity thing. stunt. It was just us talking <sighs> shit on the set. It was just <laughs> but like, how? Why would you need that? Your stars are Tupac Shakur, <laughs> Janet Jackson, and like every other black actor in Hollywood. Why would you right, need right. the publicity? It was. It was. It was interesting to just look into some of the behind the scenes that were happening around this movie. There are a lot of mixed reviews. There's specific, I'm not going to read all of this, but there's a specific critical review by a dude named Pete Travers from Rolling Stone from 1993. And just some of the wording he uses in this, this critique is See, just, he's a white, that, that's oh, what no. I was Tory, thinking. I'm scared. I looked at the reviews, I was like, do I want to see reviews from white people on a hood class? Right. Well, not really. <laughs> like, no, because he's like, I, he's trying so hard. Let me just, <laughs> let me just read this. Let me just read this last paragraph. <laughs> the blacks have Very um, urban <laughs> setting and script. Uh, so, um, let's read this last paragraph. It says, ultimately, it is Justice's reaching out to Keisha that allows her to give up her anger and move ahead. It seems a simple thing, watching these two working together on a way to do Keisha's hair, but the scene is a heart of the film's social agenda. Whatever Singleton doesn't know about women, and you can bet that women will be telling him he's hit on something essential. The sisters are doing it for themselves. Doing what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> The sisters? It's like, sir, you're a, you're a, you're a white Look, man. Let me read this, this other one. It says, luckily, um, forcefully played by Shakur, um, knows it is only the job he hates that keeps him from the gangster life of his friends. He dreams of a career in music and getting oh, his no. young daughter, Keisha, away from her free, basing mother. <laughs> if you want to laugh a deep, like... Uh, he was really trying to make this make more meaning, and he didn't understand anything about the film. That's what I was thinking too, because I was like, <laughs> "Did it any? Did did it ever mention that Lucky had dangerous friends? I don't think that was ever mentioned in the movie. That like, I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, the mother's boyfriend being a drug dealer for some reason. I guess that's uh, dangerous friends or whatever. <laughs> Let me read this. Wait, but they were chopping it up like they know, were. He wasn't wait, like get away from my wait, daughter. He was just, just like they wait, were, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, what she does have time for is poetry, which she recites in a voiceover. It's a daring device meant to express her inner feelings, but it frequently stops the picture cold. Justice's homegirl banter, um, parentheses. I mean quotation marks. I'm gonna fuck up your sorry ass, comma nigga quotations parentheses contrasts markedly with such recitations as storm clouds are gathering and the race of man is suffering what <laughs> is he trying to say that the her huh? poetry uh, like contrasts with how she speaks mm-hmm. i mean wow a person oh my god can't believe that she has some <laughs> but he calls it justice's homegirl banter what the hell oh is god. that Homegirl, Ebonics, Mister Girl. (laughs) (sighs) I bet so many white people wrote reviews on this, and I bet they're all equally cringy. That was just that was just a specific one from Rolling Stone that I had to just because it's from 1993. Like this is just I I give this movie like a two. I like it's one point for Janet and. Tupac and the other point is for Regina King. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, I'll give it a two point five. Oh, also, y'all, this just music. popped in. <laughs> no, but listen, we just, we just, okay, we did like y'all. We didn't even. You have two of, of some of the biggest superstars in music in your movie, and they didn't even have a song together, or they didn't have like a like. There's no music in here that like. There's mostly jazz. <laughs> it's mostly mm-hmm. ambient jazz, but plays in the background and i'm like y'all wait y'all have 
two superstars and you didn't have them do the entire soundtrack mm-hmm. what what's going on here what's what's again who's making the if decisions? i wrote the film Ooh. we would get all the music because they would be superstars because why wouldn't we <laughs> right yeah 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 this is this is a 2.5 for me what about you marion how do you rank poetic justice a two <laughs> I was Fair. genuinely bored, <laughs> so yeah, definitely a two. All right, how about you, um, Nia? <laughs> a two as well. I mm-hmm. I have to say it. It's just I expected oh. too much. I have to say my expectations. I was going into this thinking it was going to be like love and basketball level, and it's it's not. It mm. quite literally mm. is not. What about you, Corey? Mm, I would probably give it like a four because I can see why people would like this movie, but I also can see the criticism, so I can't give it higher than like a five. So I'd probably give it a four. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, this was the first installment of Black Nostalgia. Um, I guess is what we're calling it. We might change it. Whatever it is. Um, if you watch Poetic Justice or have thoughts about Poetic Justice, tweet at us on Twitter at commented or on tiktok at commented podcast um what movie should we do next y'all i mean i'm down to do anything same wait ha- what what movies have y'all not seen that are like from like i guess the I really mean, famous ones, ask me like what i have seen love and I basketball don't. or like i've probably seen probably most of them like clips. the best man like I, I would definitely watch the best man way too many times um <laughs> But, um, mm. but yeah, I guess we'll figure out a movie. Since I already started the ending, let me go ahead and end the episode. Uh, <laughs> um, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. And I'm Decoria. I'm Mia. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.